Welcome to this edition of the Peace and Power Podcast, where we rediscover the life of peace and power envisioned in God's Word. Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. So we turn now to God's message, the Bible, as it teaches us to live in that flow of spirit peace and spirit power. It may be helpful for you to follow the outline of each talk, which is available in the show notes, and you will find the full transcript on our website, peaceandpowerpodcast.com. That's peaceandpowerpodcast.com. Here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. When our first child was around two years old, he ate part of a houseplant that then we believed was likely quite poisonous. Of course, we immediately called poison control. And I have rarely before or since listened as carefully and followed directions as closely as we were told on the phone. Whatever we were told, Tammy and I obeyed. As we open to the second half of Matthew chapter 2, the child Jesus' life is threatened, and Jesus' guardian father, Joseph, must follow God's directions very carefully in order to save Jesus' life. We're told in Matthew 1.19 that Joseph is a righteous, godly man, and we see in today's story that one of his godly attributes is obedience to God following God's directions. Well, Joseph had learned to trust God, and Jewish practices like meditation, prayer, synagogue worship, and memorizing scripture had trained him to obey God's directions. Maybe that's why God chose him to be the guardian father of the Messiah. Let's look carefully at how he practiced this faith-filled obedience and how he was rewarded by God for that. When we follow Joseph's example, we too will experience the blessing of obeying God's directions. So here now the story as recorded in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died... An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. 
So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. So we notice that the story of Joseph's obedience begins in verses 13 and 14, which read like this. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Earlier in this chapter, we were introduced to Herod the Great. What Herod was great at was cunning and cruelty. History tells us that Herod was a murderer. He killed his own wife, his sons, his brother-in-law, and others who seemed any threat to his power. So, we are not surprised that Herod issues an order to kill Jesus. We are also not surprised that one night God sends an angel into Joseph's dreams to warn Joseph and to give him directions. Joseph has listened to God's warning and directions, but will he now act on them? Yes. In fact, notice in verse 14 how quickly he acts. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. So Joseph awakened from his dream, and that night they packed their bags, probably loaded them onto a donkey, and left. Once Joseph knows God's will, he obeys God's directions. Remember, Abraham had the same immediate obedience when God told Abraham to take his promised son Isaac on a three-day journey up Mount Moriah and to sacrifice Isaac's life on that mountain. Surely Abraham couldn't obey this divine order, but he quickly did. Genesis 22.3 says, The next morning Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and set out for the place God had told him about. So Joseph had an obedient faith like Abraham's. When God speaks to me about God's will, do I act with immediate obedience? You know, God might entrust me with more responsibility and blessing if I had unswerving obedience to God's guidance. Verse 15, And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. What an irony. Herod tried to kill the young Messiah Jesus to hold on to Herod's own power. But Jesus didn't die. Herod died. And he left it all behind. Well, God's plans outlasted Herod's plans. Because human plans aren't eternal, and God's plans are. God's kingdom outlasted the Roman Empire. God's kingdom outlasted the Third Reich. God's kingdom will outlast any earthly kingdom. Here in Matthew chapter 2, Jesus the Messiah is only two years old, but his kingdom will last forever. In that breathtaking scene in Revelation eleven fifteen, we hear, 
the kingdom of the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Remember, Matthew's goal in writing this gospel is to convince his readers that the long-awaited Jewish Messiah, predicted again and again in the Old Testament, is in fact Jesus. So, Matthew often quotes those messianic prophecies and matches Jesus' life events with those predictions. Here, Matthew quotes Hosea 11.1, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. What was true of the nation Israel in Hosea's time was true of Jesus, Israel's Messiah, in Jesus' own childhood. He was taken to Egypt for safety, and when Herod died, God called his son out of Egypt and back to Palestine. In a moment, we'll see more clearly that return in verse 19. But first, Matthew records the tragic scene of Herod's plot to kill Jesus. Verse 16. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. Notice that verse 16 really follows narratively verse 12 of this chapter. The rest of verse 16 reads, When it was time to leave, they, the wise men, returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Well, Herod discovers this and flies into a rage, so he carries out his murderous plan anyway. Still reading in verse 16, He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem, two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. You now see that because of Joseph's immediate obedience, he and Mary and Jesus were no longer in this area. They were fleeing toward safety in Egypt. Joseph is rewarded for his obedience, rewarded with safety. God does not always reward us with safety. Sometimes our faith leads into danger and sometimes death. Jesus' own obedience to his Father will lead him to the cross. But God's will for his Son at this time is safety. The awful fact is that these other innocent children did die. It was no fault of their parents. Matthew describes this sad scene on that countryside, an act of evil. We read verses 17 and 18. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. Rachel, the patriarch Jacob's wife, is another way of saying Israel here. These Israelite mothers are weeping as Herod's soldiers leave behind these murdered children. The prophet Jeremiah, quoted here, was known as the weeping prophet. And he must have wept when he prophesied this heinous event. Well, Herod took others' lives so violently, but one day soon death came knocking on his door. Verses 19 through 21. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. 
Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up, and he returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. Here is another stage in God's plan for Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And Joseph is still listening for and obedient to God's directions. God guides us through every stage of life, if we will just listen and follow. But just because Joseph's obedience to God was rewarded earlier with safety, the threat to Jesus' young life is not over, as we see in verse 22. But when he, Joseph, learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Joseph had a legitimate fear. Herod's son may also feel threatened by claims that the Messiah, the legitimate king of Israel, has finally arrived among the Jewish people. It's true that some fears and phobias are irrational. There's not a reasonable chance for them to come true. But Joseph has a rational, well-founded fear toward Archelaus, and he uses his good sense. Sometimes following God's will requires using good sense. Next, God is going to confirm Joseph's choice. Notice the remainder of verse 22. Then, after being warned in a dream, Joseph left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. Matthew points out again that prophecies in the Old Testament which describe the coming Messiah match events in Jesus' life. This quote is not directly from any single prophet, but many prophecies describe the Messiah's low social status, and calling Jesus a Nazarene would certainly assign him that status. That's why someone in Jesus' day would say, Can anything good come from Nazareth? John 1.46. But most importantly, returning to Nazareth, the small town Joseph and Mary were from, and we learn of that in Luke chapter 2, verses 4 and 39, this is where the Almighty Father desires to plant the Son of God, to grow up safely and to mature into the man who will be the Savior. And all of this was possible because Joseph and Mary listened for and then obeyed God's directions. What is possible in your life if you make a commitment to obey God's good and loving and wise directions? If you are obedient through listening and then acting, obedient through waiting, obedient in always moving to the next stage, obedient with well-founded fears, obediently planted in secure places, experiencing the rewards of godly obedience. It's in these ways that you learn to trust God, and they train you for obeying God's directions. Here's today's Peace and Power Truth. Obeying God's powerful directions will bring you into the peace of doing 
God's will. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, and our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.